Okay, we are live. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Breck, a.k.a. Steve with Roleplaying Degenerates. Uh, and I am here with Lola and Sawyer, uh, who also play... Do you guys play, or is it a podcast where you talk about? And I'm talking about Critnet. It's a podcast that uh, they are a part of. So do you guys play uh, on it, or do you, do you talk about D&D? Uh, we play. We most certainly play on it. So, um, yeah, Sawyer is actually Sawyer's actually our DM, and I play as Alanya Omnithor, who's an Elven Druid. Uh, yeah, that's I, I've been seeing a lot of your your uh, TikToking of of your uh, character Lola. Uh, before the podcast, I kind of talked to Sawyer about it. How did you get started? Because it kind of sounds like it wasn't supposed to be a permanent thing. Oh, so it's actually super flattering. So I joined in for a one shot because actually James, uh, who plays as Cruz, called, like messaged me on TikTok. It was actually funny because he was like, hey, you want to be in a podcast? And didn't mention it was a D&D podcast, really? Mm-hmm. He just was like, it's a story thing. And then I called Sawyer and he's like, oh, no, this is Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, oh, so I got to learn how to do this now. <laughs> and Sawyer helped me a lot through it. Well, then after my first session, we're actually joined in with the party. Um, they were like, yo, you should stay. And I was like, oh, on it. Like, I love this podcast so much already. I was like hoping they would. <laughs> so let's break this down. You are walking into Dungeons and Dragons. What was your first experience like? Because you came, it sounds like you just got to it recently, the last couple of years. And it was more of an impromptu thing. So what was your like thought process going from, oh, I'm just going to go play this regular game to like, oh, this is Dungeons and Dragons? Well, so I'm actually, uh, I have a lot of creative work. Like, I actually do a lot of writing and storytelling already. So when I, and I, like, my favorite video games are actually role-playing games. So when I found out what Dungeons Dragons, like, was, like, make this huge backstory for my character and stuff, um, I was, like, all about it immediately. I was like, this is, like, so much fun. Like, I, I just want to keep playing. And after I joined Credit, now I'm in another campaign. I actually just started DMing, too. So it's just kind of, like, taken over my life. And Sawyer's phone gets blown up all the time by me because, like, hey, what is this? What is that? What is this? I got you, Siri. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sawyer. So Lola kind of mentioned uh, going into DMing, and you're obviously her DM. Were you always DMing from the start? Were you one of those forever DMs who just started DMing, or did you start playing and then eventually started DMing? Uh, so I started playing, and there was a couple uh, good group of my buddies who would play every a couple weeks. And they invited me on. I joined as a player, played uh, a couple sessions, fell in love with it. Uh, but the moment, because we had a very rotating DM kind of schedule, everyone wanted to be the DM. Uh, very opposite of what I've heard, kind of a, yeah, a stereotype yeah. of the forever DM. But the second I sat in that DM seat, I knew that's what I, like where I'd love to be. Uh, so from then on, any chance I got, anyone who wanted to play a character, I was the first hand up for, I'll DM whatever. If you want to do a one-on-one, uh, you know, meet up the other off week, I got you. I'll, I'll be the DM for it. So break it down for us and those listening. Why Why is that the case? What, what is so fun about being behind the screen, knowing the story, seeing people's faces as you, you know, TPK or you say something or explain something? What is it for you that does it? Oh, man. Well, having grown up as a storyteller, like from the very beginning, back in like elementary school, I had bear books, the very small things that like 
elementary school kids would just be given, you know, oh, the, the catwalk to the stream or whatever. I was over here, like, the freaking eagle flew to the next continent and just, like, automatically, I love just storytelling and having an audience to do it. Um, so when I found out that D&D was literally just live storytelling, I loved it. And getting in front of there, seeing the active reactions from the people who all of a sudden something crazy happens, they all cheer, or something sad happens, and they're like, no! Like, the active audience participation participation that is part of DMing is what just hooks me and just drives making more complex uh, encounters, more complex social encounters, and just like really bringing emotions and the real world experiences into the game so you can see those very real reactions from the players. Like that's, that's what keeps me in it. Yeah, there's like a delayed gratification, isn't there? Like you do all this, this work, you paint these minis, you make all these battle maps, uh, you're, you you play out these stories and everyone can go any which way and then finally they, they take the bait or the hook or something happens and you get that like 20 seconds or 2 minutes of their jaws drop you know can you explain to that for people who haven't DM'd yet oh man like oh gosh imagine like your, your favorite TV show and you're sitting on the edge of your seat and you're just you're watching and you're hoping that the, the character is going to do something. Or, you know, you see, you know, Frodo with the ring about to throw it over. And you're just sitting there like, do it, do it. It's that exact feeling, but from the storyteller's perspective. Where you're watching Frodo, the player, stand on the edge of this precipice of this story that you spent this whole time creating. And you're the one on the edge of your own seat like peeking over your DM screen saying, do it, do it. And you're <laughs> as excited for them as they are excited to do the thing that they are trying to do. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, well said, well said. That's kind of what DMing is. All the work is, is worth it for that, that one moment. Um, Lola, when, when you were playing your first session, you, let's, let's talk about like 15 minutes in, you've created your character, 30 minutes in, you've created your character, you've got to pick an elf, you got to pick a class, you got to look through all the, the um, races and classes and you found what you wanted, you got the right weapons. Uh, what was it like to actually play the game? And then at what what time through the game, like through the first encounter or the first meetup or the first NPC or the first voice you did, at what point were you like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked? Uh, pretty much like before I even started. Uh, because what happened was Sawyer called me and we had, he actually explained everything really well. Like, uh, he's like, what do you want? Like, what do you want in your character? And I was like, somebody's got like magic with nature, definitely an elf because I'm, I have been obsessed with elves since I was a kid. So that was like a no brainer. Um, and then I was like, you know, I kind of want to have a pet. Like, and so then, uh, so I was like, oh, you should be a druid. Then you can have like maybe a spirit companion that like blows up. I uh talking to him throughout that, he helped me a ton through it, so I knew what I was looking into before I jumped in. So I was like, okay, I kind of have a feel for my character. I understand where she's coming from, why she's where she's at. And, like, as I began to play, I was just like, it It was like I kind of, like, was fully enveloped by Alanya. Like, I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> like, it was a lot of fun. So I like to ask my guests this. Because it's interesting, because I, I can't really I can't really put it into words what it is. But how do you describe D and D to like a new player, someone who's never played before? How do, what's that elevator pitch for D and D? We'll start with you, Lola. Um, 
So I would say D and is a game where you can step into the shoes of any character you want to create within, like you know, the rules of your DM. The, the imagination is a limit to your DM's approval, is what I tell people. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'll explain like all the different races you can play. If you aren't a, a spell casting type, that's okay. You can play as a barbarian or a paladin or something like that. You want to heal a lot? They've got something for it. They got clerics. Like I'm kind of a stock, uh, car sales pitchman. Like I'm like <laughs> this car right here is a nice car. D and D. And I've actually got a lot of people hooked. Like actually downtown. When I was downtown the other day, um, I ran into a girl and I was on my D and D, and she literally like gave me her number and wrote like play D and D with me after I explained just how I explained to you like what I told her because she's like I want to play because like I don't know it's fun to explain to them like you can amend or you can dive into your imagination like no judgment you can want to be dorky be dorky you want to be serious be serious and there's no consequences for it you know so. I mean, there's consequences, like, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely consequences, but Sawyer, what's your elevator pitch for D&D? How do you explain to new players to get them in? So when I explain D&D to a new player, I usually start with, uh, it's like writing a book, but you're not touching the pages in a lot of ways. Like, uh, whether or not you're a player or the DM as you're seeing others' choices around you or as the DM is crafting the story, you, like, read it and you're just enveloped in it. And then at one point, your pen, the pen is now in your hand and you get to write your several pages and it can just, like, you get as enveloped into reading as as playing D&D as you do a good book. And the greatest part is that you're the one writing it in a lot of ways. Uh, all these cool instances that I also like to bring in movies. I don't know. I, like to bring that into but like imagine yourself in a movie and you know you're the hero doing the epic thing it just gives you the stats and the roles in order to do that like that's all it is it's a scaffolding for your creativity before we move on to um crit net, which i want to talk about let's talk, i just want to talk about one final emotion when it comes to D. can you describe to people or someone like that's new or, or in an audience that like what does it feel like to be two death saves down and about to roll your third? Or what does it feel like when you crit on the big bad and you know there's not many hit points left? What is it? What, can you explain those feelings? We'll start with Lola again. Like, or, or TPK. You know, it's not a good feeling, but can you explain like how something so silly is, you know, you know, your little mini, but it means so much to you because it's you, and it's down two death saving throws and you're about to roll a third. How do you explain that, Lola? So I actually placed super cautious with my characters, like as cautious as I can. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, um, I actually have been in a campaign where my character died like the first session. Like she got her mm-hmm. neck like smashed essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as my party decided to start a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and I, with her, it was like, eh, because I, I wasn't too invested. But like a character like Alanya, if she were to be like on death's door, I can tell you right now, and Sawyer can vouch for me and my whole Critney crew, I would be coming out of my skin, probably screaming and not okay with it at all and begging Sawyer not to kill her. (laughs) 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 I'd probably cry. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would probably get super upset, especially with certain characters. Yeah, uh, crying is... It it sounds weird. Before before you play D&D or, like, if if you're just talking about D&D or I explain D&D to the guys at work or whatever... Um, like crying sounds so outside of the box, but when you're in the situation, you cry. 
Like that's what happens because oh, yeah. you're that invested. Yeah. Like you're crying, Hello? you're very upset, you mourn. Like it's a real mourning process. Um, it's real. So uh, Sawyer, like how how do you describe those moments? So I mean it it really is like you're living through that moment with your character. Like. It mm-hmm. is the truest emotion. Like people on the outside looking in, it's like you're, you're, you know, people just say, oh, it's a game. And you're like, haven't you ever read a book? Haven't you ever watched something that just hits you right there? Now, that's personal now. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if, I, if I may just share a quick little tidbit of a character. Absolutely. Uh, there was one moment where I had, I had a character who was a paladin. And I will never forget this moment because uh, at one point he... He smote an evildoer. Uh, the DM deemed that it was outside of the will of Bahamut, who was his uh, his deity that he served. Yeah. And he came down and he broke his uh, his uh, sigil. And he was like he was heartbroken, but he went he went back and he was just convinced that Bahamut had betrayed him. So he he took his holy symbol, took it to the temple, laid it down on the altar, and smite it like smote it and just destroyed it right there. And a little bit further down the line, he had had this love interest in the in the game, and he had finally gotten to marry her. And then the DM, a little bit later, allowed a very unsavory role by another character, another player, to bring her away from me. He found out. And I will never forget that moment where I was packing up. Like, I had to go. Like, I was outside of the game. Like, I was running late on something. So I was grabbing my books, grabbing everything, as a super intense moment was coming on. And as I was walking out, I remember the player saying like i got i i don't have any of my equipment my equipment's in my other room like i this is a fully armored paladin i can't take him and the dm looked me dead in the eye and said what do you do and as i like have my backpack slung over my shoulder i'm walking out of the house i i remember stopping in a dark hallway and just like turning my head a little bit to the left and just saying i killed them both and i walked out and i remember seeing and just feeling my character so intensely in that moment that's just like indescribable like you are you are there in that moment when you get that character to be in that intense moment in a story yeah well said well said that, that's a good scene Lola go ahead and if I may too I'm not going to give exactly what the scene was because this is going to be posted and written it eventually soon but uh, <laughs> there is actually a scene as Alanya where uh, it was Alanya and Relic, I will say that. And it was such an emotional scene that I actually started oh. crying while I was acting it out. Because, oh I mean, oh my God, it was so hard. And I felt like I felt for my character, like in that moment. I was like, God, she is just so, like, so many emotions and just, ugh. Yeah, there's no other. I, I was talking to Sawyer before the podcast about it. There's no other game like this you know that's why i that's why i play i put all this time energy uh redoing my garage that's why you guys spend so much time doing it um you have you know critting it there's no other game where you can you can just feel like you're in a different world it doesn't feel like you're here anymore it's really special very much mm-hmm. so. absolutely <clears throat> okay so let's talk about critnet what is critnet how did it start we kind of alluded to it earlier uh why did it start and where's it going oh gosh okay where did it start? So many questions. <laughs> started, first of all, started three years ago. Uh, three years ago when James came to me, one of our players who plays Cruz, uh, came to me and said, hey, Sawyer, I want to start a podcast. And he already had a another podcast he runs where he interviews different creators. 
Um, and he's like, I want to make a D&D podcast. And I heard that you're a DM because I would come and I'd just talk about D&D all the time. So he's like, hey, I'd love you to DM it. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so we got a couple of our buddies together uh, and we recorded one recording that I think ran like 12, ep- like 12 hours and then we scrapped it entirely because we despised it. Like, it was awful. Um, and we had uh, another stint, made it a couple episodes, uh, reset one more time, brought everything back, and that's our current where we're at right now, where we did, we've gone for about a year and a half right now, where with our current storyline uh, going well, and it's at this time just, I mean, where we're going, we're chugging along really, really nicely. We've got a nice backlog we've been working really hard to get. Uh, we have, we're looking very healthy with our content. Um, we're looking to get a lot more kind of uh, excitement and uh, like extra content going, not just like the podcast, but like uh, maybe like music because we have someone who does kind of custom music for our stuff nice. on our team. Uh, and he's super good at what he does. And so having him maybe make a few more extra tracks and put it together and like something, you know, there's there's so many options for us and we're super excited to see where it's going from there. But that's about where we're at. Lola, where, where do you think it's going to go? Where do you think the story's going to go? Where do you think Critna's going to go? Uh, honestly, hold on, there's a dog barking. Okay. <laughs> honestly, I have very high hopes for where Critna is going. I mean, the story, like, since I have jumped into now where we're at recording, the story has just, like, blossomed. Like, you know, if you listen to what's out right now, it's, like, a lot of more, it's a lot more, like, fun and, like, you know, figuring the world out compared to what we have compared to what we have been recording now. Um, I mean, there has been a lot of moments where like Sawyer has had us just like, what? And then he's like, and that's where we'll end it. And I'm just like, yep. and I'm blowing his phone up for two weeks. Um, you know, and yeah, yeah like Sawyer said, I think we're growing a lot. Like, um, you know, we, I have worked a lot on like the logo aspects and the merch aspects. So we're hoping to get eventually like a merch store up so people can start buying merchandise from us. Um, so that's, we're get, getting to that. And I mean, we, I have now had several people ask us to get a Patreon going. So we're trying to figure out, we're throwing ideas back and forth right now. Like, let's talk about what we're going to do for Patreon. Like, I just had a guy tell me the other day, Hey, I don't have a Patreon account, but when Critnick gets one, I'll finally sign up. So, I mean, we've got people like waiting. So the growth is super exciting. Yeah. I, before we get too much further, I just want, Everybody who out, is out there that wants to DM, first, learn the art, the art, I say, of the mic drop ending or the cliffhanger, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Learn, learn the art of that. Um, yes. So, because that is yeah. the, literally the greatest feeling ever. And there's a reason sitcoms have been doing it since the 70s, because it works. They want to keep playing. Like, two weeks ago, my last session... In one of my campaigns, I, I did it. We ended up four, four hours because somebody had to go home. They drive like two hours. They had to go home early. I did it. And they all legitimately wouldn't let me leave my garage. They said, no, we're, we're going to keep playing. I was like, no, we're done. That's it. And like, no, we're going to keep playing. So I had to pull out my notebook and we kept playing for two hours. Uh, so for DMs out there, there. Yeah. For DMs out there, go watch Critical Role because, you know, Matt Mercer is probably the oh, master. The master gosh. at it. So, um but I'm glad to hear that because we don't we don't we have fun in our game and it's not super fun. So I'm glad to hear there's somebody else out there who really like likes to get those emotions going. So hats off, oh. sir. Thank you, sir. Um, 
So have you guys ever, uh, have you guys always done critting it as far as, as far as the podcast goes, like playing, uh, for lack of a better term? Have you guys done like actual talking like this in this kind of scenario? Um, I, we've done our shooting the crit episodes, which is kind of that. We just kind of like, it's just a whole episode based on just us talking about D&D and, you know, what we got going in the, in the story theories and ideas and just kind of us kind of into much, much more not playing, just, you know, just kind of hanging out and enjoying each other and, you know, just uh, talking about what's, what's, what's up. So, yeah, in that regard, yeah, but nothing like completely separate. Yeah. Um, Lola, correct me if I'm mistaken, you started content creation before your D&D career, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I've looked at your TikTok, I've looked at some of your stuff, I've only seen D&D stuff. It seems like it's kind of taken, taken your whole world. Um, oh, it has. <laughs> okay, so... so I used to... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was, uh, originally I did Magic the Gathering um, content, and I loved Magic the Gathering. Um, I, I played it more casually, and then I had a lot of EDH people come in, and I was like, I've never played EDH, I only play Pioneer. And so then it was like, oh gosh, I have to play, learn how to play EDH, because everyone I want to play with does that. Well, then my internet at the time was like restricting my access of actually being able to play with people and stuff. So I just got like super demotivated and then all these new sets were coming out. And I was like, my bank account is going to kill me if I buy one more booster box of any set. So the last booster box I actually bought was Forgotten Realm because I was like, ooh, it's D&D. And then like right after that is when James is like, hey, you want to be in a, like in a podcast? <laughs> and I've always loved magic, but it's been more of a casual play thing for me. But D&D is like where it's at. Like, Anything role playing is my thing. Like, so first of all, let's talk about why did you get into content creation and why did you decide decide to put yourself out there? Um, and then let's talk about how did it go into D and D and and as you're going into D and D, what would have been some of the challenges with it or successes with it? Um, so I've actually always had this thing where I was like, I want to be some type of content creator for many different reasons. Um. The first one was, uh, you know, with my Gamer Mom Bomb channel, I was like, I want to be different. Like, I want to be a woman who makes content that, you know, just wears like dorky t-shirts and has no problem being like this ridiculously excited person. That's who I am. And I also want to be a motivation for a lot of people, but something that's fun and makes people love what they do. And I've always been massively into geek culture. I mean, that's like 99% of who I am. <laughs> so... I was like, I have all these things to choose from. And originally, when, when I made my channel, I actually talked about video games a lot. And that really wasn't going... Yes, Dragon Age specifically. Yes. <laughs> um, if you dig far enough, you can find a video of me literally doing, like, pox face page and the level on face, like, different tattoos on my face. Like, yeah. It was a whole thing. And then what happened was, I was like, well, I love magic. I'm going to post a Magic the Gathering video. And it blew up. It was like literally a skit where I was like, I'll take you out with my primordial Hydra. And it was countered. And I got super mad. <laughs> and it, that took off. And I was like, well, I guess Magic the Gathering where my content is going, I guess. Yeah. And then um, getting into D&D &D is where I finally got true inspiration for my content. Like, I finally was like, now I have all these ideas you know what I mean, for this stuff. And it's not like other people's ideas, what they're already posting. 
because that kind of started happening where I did like one video where I was like, oh, damn, about Liliana Vest. And somebody's like, oh, I did a video literally just like that. I was like, so I was like, I'm going to do D&D then because it's harder to do exactly what someone else is doing. But the, some of the hard things with um, D&D is um, I, I finally realized that I can't play too many campaigns at once because it gets a little overwhelming. Because yeah. at first I was yeah. like, I'm going to play all yeah. the campaigns with everybody. And then I got really overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, I need to reel back. So now I do one once a month locally here and then crit in it. And I DM. Yeah. And that's like it. Uh, there's been a thousand more successes with D&D for me than failures. Um, my my channel itself has grown a lot because of D&D. Uh, because I'm so into it and passionate about it. And then um, when I actually joined crit in it, I was actually in like a harder part of my life. And so when they, like, joined me in, I was able to be my creative self again. Like, I hadn't written in, like, seven years because there was a lot of personal stuff that made me stop. And then Crit and it comes up, and I'm next, you know, I'm writing, like, frantically writing this book, and I can't stop writing it. And, I mean, I'm drawing again. And so it has brought back so much inspiration that I thought I had lost. So, I mean, a lot more successes because of D&D than anything else. Wow, that's amazing. That's really cool to hear. Um, and I'm glad that yeah. it, did, it did it for you. Um, it, it is a weird game, right? It just it just makes you feel good, even if it's some a TPK. Like you care about your characters, it makes you feel good. Um. Well, and there's something about having a good team too. If you have a good team, like I do, I was blessed with like the perfect Dungeons and Dragons team. Like I got an amazing DM. I've got some party members who drive me nuts, but it actually creates a beautiful balance for my character. And I got some like. Some characters that go perfectly with mine. But not only that, like, the players themselves I talk with outside of the campaign. Like, Elliot, who plays as Humbal, him and I talk all the time. And same with Sawyer, because it's like, they're my friends now. And that's what's cool, too, is D&D can also build friendships if you yeah. have the right team. Yeah, the right team, I've talked about this a few times. And um, Sawyer can back me up on Critical Role with this. You could have the 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 worst group, most toxic group ever. And it doesn't matter if you're fighting a dragon on top of a mountain. It's just bad. But you could have yeah. the best yeah. group ever, like the best group ever, and it's like the most fun ever when you're just rolling constant ones trying to open a door to tavern. <laughs> yes. It, oh, my God. And I can see your faces. It's like there's there's 12 different memories back there. People just rolling ones or, you know, not doing something right. And then... It's just your friends. So when you have a good group, it's like funny how how just fun this game could be doing absolutely nothing. Oh, yes. yeah. Fully agree. Absolutely. Uh, we, we went to well, a... Our team's funny, too, because... Our team's funny, too, because we have something called a critical gambit. And there's times where we rolled one, and especially, like, Riggs, who plays the park, will be like, critical gambit. And he'll be, like, pushing us to do it, which means if you... Can you explain a critical gambit? I don't yeah, want to mess it up. <laughs> okay, so the critical gambit is was something I love chance. I love implementing <laughs> chance in my games a lot, and that kind of comes in the form of Castiel's box and the critical gambit. The critical gambit is if you roll a natural one, you are free to re-roll that. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime you roll a natural one, the gambit is up to you. However, if you roll a nat or a any odd number, or fail the check, whatever the check might be, the DC the worst possible outcome occurs immediately. And I mean the worst possible outcome. 
So it goes from a natural one, which is automatically like, oh, crud, that's a failure, to like, oh, no, oh, this is a next level of something bad just happened. That yeah, is... imagine rolling a one after that. Oh, man, that'd be the funniest. Like I said, that's hilarious. That's the funniest thing. Yep, but we've also had it happen where rolled a natural one, declared critical gambit, rolled that nat 20 next time, and succeeded. Yep. And that's exactly what it's yep. there for. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good That's a good complication to have. Uh, I might steal that. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to write that Poor down. <laughs> <laughs> and what were you saying? Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, uh, you, you, you talked about um, stretching yourself too thin, Lola, as far as gameplay goes. And I felt that too, because what happens is I get on these podcasts or RPD, you know, there's three of us in RPD, myself, Cisco, and Chris, and we go meet a bunch of people or do one shots with people, and it's a fun game, it's super fun game. So we're like, we're going to, that's just awesome. I'll play as many games as I can. While well, I was playing like 20 games a, week, uh, a month, and although it was like these cool one shots or like groups I really, really wanted to be with, like I would love to play with you guys, it'd be so much fun. You just get, you just get burned out and you can't focus on your, your main games. So yep. it is it is a problem yep. because I have a list of like if I had a list right here like thirty people that I want to play with or want to play with me and they, we contact each other all the time or I see them playing D and D on like a live or like a crit type situation and I'm like gosh I want to play with them so bad but then you just get so burned out playing with so many people it's it's rough. Oh fully, yep. I completely agree. <clears throat> uh, so Lola, I hate to do this to you, but I have to talk about Critical Role with Sawyer. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Lola has only seen like I don't know ten minutes of all of Critical Role and like one episode of Vox Machina. Um, totally shaming her. No, I'm just kidding. Mad thought is where it's at. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean if you like other stuff, 100 percent. Um, it just Critical Role consumes my life. So Sawyer, yes sir. Uh, who is your favorite character in Critical Role and why? Okay. Check <laughs> me. Why do you have to start it off on a hard one? <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, I mean, man, it's, it's, in my mind, it's such a, and this might sound really goofy, but, uh, Vax or Jester, like, I mean, two opposite ends of the board, but Jester with her absolute hilarious, consistent attitude that just always is bringing a whole new level of goofiness to any situation um and like i mean there's there's so many instances where like serious moments are just made lighthearted just because jester says something and <laughs> yeah, i yeah. just oh my gosh and the traveler throughout the whole thing and not gonna say anything but yeah. my goodness yeah when that comes oh! yeah uh, for sure. yes uh but then on the other end i i love the the whole arc of vax just coming to the very end the way everything finished up in the end where it was truly the hero being the hero yeah giving it all laying it all on the line for everything that just has always stuck with me so i mean uh, oh so if you can go campaign one campaign two then uh, those are the two i'm going for love it um, love it yep i love it um Lola. what about you oh me Sorry. i have it's, i have yeah. to ask yeah uh, so for I watched all of Campaign Two. I didn't watch all of Campaign One, but I've watched a lot of it. Um, yep. It was not the Brave, the first arc. It was Jester, the second arc. Um, just because she just she just 
she just played clutch. And, like, from 50 to, like, 90, she was just so clutch. And then after I saw what Caleb Widogast did the entirety of the game to see what he did in the very last session, I was, yep. I was bawling. I was crying. Like, a, like, yep. like a, it, was, it was bad. So Caleb Widogast took took it for me. But it was, it was not the jester than Caleb. Um, okay. I can – you know what? I can totally see that. Every yeah. single one of those. Just – Ah, I mean, take your pick, and I can't say they're bad. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's true, it's true. Um, Lola, let's talk about your PC that you're playing. Can you tell me her name and describe her a little bit? And Critnet? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I play as Alanya Omnithor. She is an Elven Druid. Um, what has been released about her so far that I can tell you okay. is um, she is an elf that fell into the fracture and got frozen in time, essentially. And so she was in the world when magic did exist, and then woke up and magic no longer existed. Um, mm. She can actually, like, jump into the fractures and be teleported places um, in a way. And uh, let me think, where was I going to go with that? And she also has a spirit tiger with her called Walter, who's is a white tiger with blue light up stripes who can talk to her telepathically. Um, he's been passed down throughout her family from the beginning of the Omnithors. Uh, he's supposed to guard them and he has all the memories of her family. Um, she spends her whole life trying to figure out what caused the fractures, what she can do to bring magic back, what she can do to save Adronis until she meets the other guys. And, <laughs> and then gets tangled up in that. Like she's kind of a solo fighter or a solo researcher druid until she gets tangled up with the party, which is kind of cool because I have to, like, add the dynamic of, like, her being solo unless she was a relic for so long to now having five other people with her, or four. So, um, yeah, just a funny, spunky little elf. <laughs> Man, that vulture sounds so cool when you just described that. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> that, that's oh, your- she's... She's cool. I, I, I wish I could tell you, like, so much more, but, like, even oh the guys goodness. don't even know yet. Like, oh. <laughs> So much I want to just blah about everything because it's so good. I know. How, can, I, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do your critical gambit for more information? Yes, <laughs> sir. You dug a maid. Okay. All right. I'm going to do this. Please, sir. I'm going to do this. Okay. Oh. Let's see. My oh cheeks just got super hot when he said that. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my this is going to make people definitely come over to you. Hey guys, you want one little spoiler for Critic? Go to Role Playing Gambit. Okay, <laughs> or yeah. Role Playing Degenerate, not Gambit. Okay, I'm going to roll I'm gonna roll the golden dice. Yeah, I have oh, that exact same die. Oh, okay, give me. What is it? It's, it's a. Oh, you can't see it. It's a 14. 14! It looks like That's a 20 on my end. It was almost a 20, but that would have been crazy. Um, it was even, and I don't know, what is your... What's the DC? Um, yeah, what's the DC on a 14? Do I get one nugget of information? I mean, I was gonna I was gonna just set the DC at 10, because I already had like <laughs> a, a fourth of a chance to do this, so I'd say you've won a little tidbit of information on... Get, give me something on Vulture or something. I gotta hear something. Okay. Okay. Oh, Alanya, you're you're up. What is it that you'd like yeah. to hold? I mean, even that, Walter could. Walter's got a little 
bit of Alanya in him, so... I nice. mean... Oh, man. You could, you could totally... Oh. I mean... You go first, Sawyer. You, you say what... You know my whole backstory. Like, yeah. really page by page. So whatever you're comfortable divulging, we'll talk about that after you say it. Because I don't know. I There's so much. And there's there are not little things. There's a lot of big things. that if I give it away, it's like... Because Alanya is very tangled into the story of everything. Yeah, I just okay. I just gotta say I love Critical Gambit. This is the coolest, it's the coolest complication out there. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, well, having risked yourself and succeeded against the Critical Gambit, uh, I will say, hmm, let's see. I'm so nervous. Uh, Oh, I could totally... Oh, that, that is... Oh, I could totally go down that route. Oh, no, that's... Oh, that's so good, though. Oh, gosh, now you're getting me... Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Are you... I'm, like, biting my nails. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. I, I said the wrong thing. Lola, check your phone. Does that make sense? Oh, is that, is yeah. that, is, yeah? That's okay, yeah, you got told how we came up with that, too, that was amazing. Okay, yeah, that's fine, because okay. I don't think any of the guys are listening right now, maybe Elliot, but. <laughs> Alanya Elliot, Omnistor. get ready. <laughs> Alanya Omdithor is a divineling. Now, what you might not know about in this world, divinelings are children of the literal gods. The gods themselves have been locked away for 200 years. Their children have been stuck on Adronis for many years. When one dies, its soul does not cross the veil to where the gods are. Its soul finds a new host. You roll a percentile, deeming how much of your memory from the previous life you, you keep. And then, upon receiving your new body, continue to live in this eternal cycle. It is unknown how many of these exist and it is not unknown how to kill one of them truly. But Alanya Amdithor is a divine lady. Ooh! And she, and she, but she doesn't know. And she does not know this. Oh, because you must have rolled low on your percentile die. Oh. No, there's something else that made her not remember. Oh, okay, okay. She's I'm... a first generation. Oh! Divinely. Interesting. She's That's never so cool. gone through it. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting like, I'm getting major feels of Campaign Two Consecution. If you remember what that is, uh, except, mm -hmm. except, except it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. Ooh, everybody, if you're watching, listening, that is that is good. That's awesome. That's a really cool character. Um, oh man! Thanks. Dang it, dude! I want to play with you guys so bad, man. Oh my gosh. And that's going to have so many implications in the story later. It's. I know, because everyone, you just saying that is going to have so many. Like, if Ron gets a hold of this audio, he's going to uh. be like, what do you mean? How? Who? Where? When? And it's like, and it's not even like that. Like, yeah, Lonnie still has no idea. So it's great. That's, oh, that's awesome. going to be amazing. Elliot, if you're watching this, you heard it first here. Uh, hi, Elliot, if you're watching. 
That's awesome. This that's why this game is so fun. This this game is so cool because you got backstories and DM secrets and all these cool things that you know it's fun for the players too because the players can jump in as a DM too because um, my wife plays with us and she has this really dope backstory and when it finally plays out or if it ever plays out she's gonna see everyone's faces just like the DM does. So it also yep. is cool to have like a a moment where some of your PCs are like that's right I'm a divine link. Uh, don't know anything about it, and they're gonna. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, man, it's kind of blowing my mind because that was such a cool moment. Um, well, good on 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 succeeding against your critical gambit, sir. That was your first try. It took the yeah. entire team six tries in order to actually succeed against one of them. So, sir, the fact you did it on your first try, you are fantastic. That's awesome. Um, Lola, you talked about starting to DM. What has that process been like going from a player to a DM? It sounds like you've contacted Sawyer quite a bit about the process. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. No, I've been like, Sawyer, what do I do? Give me all the advice. And he sends me like a book. Um, so I actually made a campaign where it's like vampires versus werewolves, essentially. And they literally had like, they use magic to split the continent. So they could have their own areas to try to breach safety. And all of human, like humanoid creatures they would feed off of went to a, another district called Mamalia. Ah. And the mages literally created like mountainous walls along the shores of each continent to try to keep the people safe. But now the werewolves and vampires are in turn their heads towards Mamalia. So what I did was I made the whole party be sent to something called the Helsing Institute. <laughs> and, um, and they had to go there and get their badge. And the goal is, is to, they have to like kill so many things to prove that they're becoming a hunter, level up, go find harder things. And, um, my first time DMing was actually really fun because, um, when I did it, like my party wasn't expecting that. Like they were kind of like, okay, I'm like, there's decaying mushrooms. And as you go further in, like you're, it was a truffle pig named Flimp. I was like, Hey, Flimp finds a truffle. It's fine. Flimp goes further in. And I'm like, Flint finds a truffle that's all decaying and stuff. And I had this mushroom, like, where they smelled it. It did, like, psychic damage and made them, like, mm. their eyes turn yellow for a moment and stuff. And then I got really mad because I was like, you see a black, smoky tendril coming from the tree. When it goes near you, your your uh, vision goes foggy. You feel rage and craving. And then you're, and then you just get, your blood gets hot. And I was like, what do you do? And they're like, turn around. I'm like, no! Because there was like this deformed werewolf hiding behind it. And they were like, nope, we're turning around and going away. And I was like, no! And then I was like, okay. So I was like, you're in a district. You see a black cloak figure walking around. And it's very obvious because everyone's so colorfully decorated. I was like, what do you do? They're like, I'm going to put a pin on seeing that person and keep walking. And I was like, that was an yep. important NPC! That yep. was such an important NPC! Yep. And you all missed it! Like, oh! So yeah, there's, I like, but I was very good at steering them where I wanted. Um, it was actually funny because I, I think I sent Sawyer my notes where it's like, this could happen or this could happen or this could happen. And it's like, and then what actually happened? Like yep. underneath it? <laughs> yep. So I was trying to give myself like a million different avenues to go down. And it's actually really fun having like a lot of control of the story. And I'm not going to lie, the first time I was able to be like, no. Like it was, I was like, ha, I have all this power. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I think there's also like an, we, we talk about the, the art of the cliffhanger. There's also art of of not letting your feelings get hurt when your players just yeah. go, 
oh, this looks pretty cool, but I don't want to do it. I'm going to go over here. And you're just, you just have to be like, okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not because that's going to really upset me. I I literally had to like bite my knuckle because I was like, don't, 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 don't try to push them back there. Like, don't. Yeah. But I was like so sad. I was like, you, I had this beautiful beast I created and you dodged it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yep. Has, has DMing been rewarding for you? Is it something you're going to do in the future as well? Oh, yeah. Like, I have had so much fun with it. It is insane. Like, um, it was definitely a blast, and I can't wait to continue more. Like, I want to see where this story goes. I want to see if they figure out why things are, like, like uh, certain creatures are getting deformed and gross-looking and ravenous where they shouldn't be. Um, so far with how my party is, I don't know if they're going to catch my hints at all. Um, because, yeah, and I actually had to make a creature for my specific party called a shut the fuck up, and I actually asked Sawyer, I told Sawyer about this creature, because my teammates like to talk a lot, like, not in the campaign, just talking about literally whatever, and so I made this creature that's invisible, that's totally overpowered, and the first time it comes at you, it's gonna knock you out, and you're gonna hear shut the fuck up from the DM in your head. And then the second time, it's going to knock you out and abduct you, and your team has to go find you. And then the third time, it's going to, like, knock you out. It's going to put you in this weird, like, uh, like veil-like area. And then you, every time you interrupt the DM, you get five points of psychic damage. I don't care if you are at 2 HP. That's the thing. So I had to make a... <laughs> ah, yes. The coveted wild shut-the-fuck-up. <laughs> That's... <awesome. laughs> They're extremely rare, oh, but my, if you my find team one, loves it. That yeah. is very funny. That is very funny. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's Well, they're it's, scared of it because I have a, I have a sand timer that I'm mm-hmm. getting, so it's a 30-second timer. So they have 30 seconds to get their stuff wrapped up, and when I flip it and that last sand goes down, it's coming at you, and only the people interrupting. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's, it's... I get a genuine feeling that both of you are true nerds which is awesome because i can feel the excitement when you talk about D, you talk about creating characters uh critical critical gambits and and these mysterious creatures of black and smoky energy but also completely invisible called shut the fuck ups um yeah it's, it's really it's really cool uh getting to talk to people uh, like this some some people are out there for, for those of you watching i've met more than enough people who are just out there to get viewers uh and that's always the goal but 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 it, you know i can tell from both of you that you're true nerds and you're truly into it just like i am so it's really fun to talk to you um i do want to close with this i like to ask everybody this last question um where do you see yourself in 5 10 15 years or just the future with with D? Uh, we'll start with you Lola. so with D, i expect to have like the knowledge where like i'm like elliot and sawyer where i'm like <laughs> This rule from this section, sir. Like, you know what I mean? I can't wait to be there. But on the ends of, like, critting it, like, I'm actually going to college in August for marketing with a minor in graphic design. And I'm really hoping to use every skill I, like, obtain in college to grow our podcast. And so I'm hoping in four to five years when I have that diploma and stuff, like, critting it is going to be something that people see our logo and they're like, that's critting it. Like, we know exactly what that is. So that's what I'm hoping for that. And I'm hoping to be a D&D player that influences others to, like, you know, be really creative. Be, do whatever you want with your character. And it's fun. And don't be shy, you know. And so, yeah, I just want to be a motivate, 
motivational like influencer for D and D for people in the future. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Sawyer, where do you see yourself in the future with D and D? Honestly, I think Lola said it best. Best, just a, uh, gosh, wow, that's quote literally just whoop, out of my head. But yes, <laughs> as you said, a uh, motivational, a, a person who motivates others to be creative. Uh, in hopefully five, five to hopefully in like five to ten years i'm really hoping that i've refined my storytelling just because you know as a dm you're looking at stories and so if you can get better at storytelling your campaigns and everything will benefit and so i'm just hoping that i will get to the point of constant refinement that i can look and i can look back and see the progress and that in five to ten years i can maybe call myself an apprentice of the art of storytelling uh, just because it is so fantastic, it is so large, uh, and there's so much to be done for it that I just hope to be a uh, adept student of it. And just hopefully Critnit grows with everything that comes along with that, uh, and we all grow together as better creators, as better storytellers, and uh, you know, even just as basic editors. You know, uh, We do a lot of just two of us do pretty much all the editing three of us now do the editing of the podcast and just getting better on the nuances of it adding music and all this stuff to really convey truly how we see the scene in our heads and at our table Um, i think in five to ten years being able to really look back or really look at what we're making at that point and see what we feel at the table in true formats i think that would be that's what we're striving for a lot Mm-hmm. Well, Lola, you know, we hear Sawyer mention uh, just to be a student and, and to learn a little more. Is is Sawyer generally this humble, and is that why he's such a good DM? I mean, he's done it for six years. Yes. We have, yes. have it. I mean, you guys are playing a high-level game. I mean, he's, he's uh, well-spoken. I mean, just to hear someone who's been doing this for six years hope to be a student in ten years. Coming as a player, can you talk to his humbleness, and is that what makes him a great DM? Yeah, you know, sometimes it's a little frustrating because I'm like, you're amazing. Look how amazing this is. He's like, Shh. I'm just like, I sometimes I might want to shake him a little bit. Like, listen, you are great. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it's really sweet, though, because it's really nice having someone like tell, like as a player myself, like with Alanya being a divine link, for example, I called Sawyer and I was like, hey, I have an idea. Hear me out. And because he is so open to, like, to ideas because of his humbleness, it's easier for players to have more control of their character and their backstory because it's not like, nope, this is a story, sorry. And I think it, it, it affects the whole party because everyone knows that Sawyer is open to all of our ideas no matter what. Like, yes, he has the confidence to say no, but he's also so encouraging when you talk to him about it. Like, he's kind of like I am where we both get super excited, like uh, Chris, Chris Cornish actually is Gaspar, so he loves having me and Sawyer on the same time when he does things. We both, like, freak out. And so it's really nice having that person who's as excitable, you know what I mean? Because then it's motivating, and it makes you feel great about what you're doing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, the energy you guys have on this podcast, and we're just talking about D&D, where you got me to roll a critical gambit. I mean, I was nervous. There's a level of velocity <laughs> with it. I mean, you guys are great. Um and to that note, where can people find you? Where can get, they get more of this this uh, kinetic energy you guys both share? That's you, Lola. Uh, you know this. 
Uh, I don't know. Just find out who your true self is. That's my okay. advice. Like, find yourself okay. and you'll get that energy. So, you know, find something you're passionate about, even if it's not DD. What? 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 <laughs> um, yeah, no. So that way I, you can't get excited. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And uh, it's been a, it's, this this podcast has been great. Um, been a pleasure for those of you out there who want to find Lola and Sawyer and Critnit. How do they contact you? How do they get a hold of you? And um, where can people see more of what you guys are doing? So. You could find us, like, uh, go to our Twitter, for sure. Um, our Twitter has the link to find all the places you can listen to us. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us um, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast. Um, Twitter is where we're most active. We do have a TikTok, but we're working on getting the videos. Actually, Sawyer and I just started working on videos for it. Um, and then we do have a subreddit as well. So you just got to look up crit underscore n underscore it and you will find us on reddit that's also a newer thing because i'm not good at reddit i've never used it <laughs> so yeah um yes. check go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say uh yes and feel feel free to message us on twitter we love hearing from everybody critiques uh praises whatever you have you know we're always looking to get better that's awesome um challenge to you guys since you have a crit in a tiktok Please do a video on uh, the mysterious shut the fuck up creature. And please do a video on critical gambits. I love, I love complications to games. I do shock complications where if someone loses uh, half their HP in one shot, they have an arm fall off or something. Um, I love those complications because they just add the extra thing to the game, you know. Um, so they please, do. please do two videos on that. You know, if you could, that'd be great. I think the world wants to see it. Um, otherwise, I just want to say thanks. Uh, this was a great podcast. I hope we do it again sometime, or we do, some, you know, clap on something later on. Um, but for those of you out there, please check out Critnet. Please check out Lola. Please check out Sawyer. Um, it, 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 it's gonna oh, be yeah, great. Oh yeah, that's a gamer mom bomb. I guess we should have said that. Oh yeah, so yeah, <laughs> they can find you at gamer mom bomb as well. <laughs> yes, yes, they okay. can. Okay, awesome. Yep, on TikTok. Sorry, I thought, okay. I, I thought you were responding there. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, um, is there anything? Is there anything you guys would like to say in closing? As far as like you mentioned, gamer mom bomb, which I did I thought yours was just Lola on TikTok. You have two different handles. No, that's, no. So that's my name, but my my username is gamer mom bomb. Oh, okay, great, great. So great, if you go on okay. TikTok and if you look up Lola, like a million Lolas are going to pop up. Okay, but there's perfect. only one gamer mom bomb. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, uh, for those of you listening, please check them out. And Lola and Sawyer, thank you so much for uh, joining on the podcast today. What were you going to say, Sawyer? Uh, thank, you so much for, thank you so much for having us. And just one parting statement, never stop telling stories. Yeah. Never, never yeah. stop yes. telling That's awesome. Um, all right, so for everyone out there, this is Breakfast Roleplaying Degenerates. Join with Sawyer and Lola, uh, and we'll see you next time. Everybody keep rolling dice. Yeah, see you next time. Bye! <laughs>